0: Let me do one quick check if you don't because I want to see if there's a fire alarm on this door because that's not a good look. We, this is a quick exit for, for, for something that doesn't go right. <laughs> 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 the door a panic
1: right hey,
0: these door people are up.
1: pretty bold. They'll just get up and walk out. I'm more <laughs> really
0: intimidated because one of the best teachers in the world is sitting right there. Lee Camp. Is a, they don't come any smarter than Lee Camp. And I'm in a Bible study every Thursday with his father, who's one of the most gracious men in the world. And your mother, Gail Camp, is just a jewel. I, I know y'all are proud of her, and we're all proud of your family. Um so the name of the top the topic of the class was what what do I know about Steve Rumfield that he won't tell that you need to know <laughs> and um I could go on i mean, how much time do we have uh, Actually the the way it started he said talk about the things you know now that you didn't know in your 40s something oh, oh don't give me started. when you're in your 40s and you're building a career and paying for a house and raising kids and Trying to deal with kids. <laughs> that could be a. Uh, anybody have any teenage? You remember those teenage years when you think, you're, you're thinking you're talking, you're thinking, are they hearing a word I say? And I had those years. And uh, fortunately, it worked out okay. I got a son that's a vice president of Microsoft, been living in LA for 20 years, and my daughter's a doctor. And I think they picked up workaholic tendencies from me. So that's the bad side. The good side, I hope they learned something. Fortunately, Linda Meadow reminded me when I walked in that. Well, I had her in a class years ago and she said, I, I remember curving your grade to get you out of there. I went from, I, I, I got a D and got out. And, uh, and, and so I, I'll lend them dinner or something and all this. You know, in life, I know, here's the funny thing. Talking to you guys about life, how do you talk to Lee Camp about life? You guys have done more life and done it so well than all of my days put together. The only thing is I'm smart enough to know that I've lived more days than I have left. That might be all of us, actually. And when you have lived more days than you have left, you really value each day because, you see, in life, a lot of things came so easy for me. I'm, not that I'm that good. I just studied people. And um, um, I got a job when I was 15 years old at a radio station in, out of town. and. I got a job at the, what was then the number one rated station in Asheville. WMAK was at 1300, and back then it was the thing. So I was going to school at Lipscomb, running down to WMAK, running back to Lipscomb because back then we had Bible class and chapel every day. I asked Carl several times, how do people keep coming back? We never got to class. We always had, we always had classes. There's a man here I dearly love, Fletcher Sprigley over here is a jewel. I hope you guys know what a jewel you got here in this building. I could not have lasted a week in his physics class. But in our weekly Zoom, the wisdom and character and care for people that that man has and models. is a, You have a jewel here. I, I know you treasure him. Do you get free parking pleasure? Or do they give you free parking? <laughs> I hope they give you free parking. Well, well, they should. I'll put in a word for you if we can. But, you know, I got that job and then well, back when I graduated, the two, number one, number two book in the country was Winning Through Intimidation. How's that for a title? And In Search of Excellence. We were kind of groomed. If you went to the Axel swaying school of life. You came out of Lipscomb, I think business was the most profitable revenue source in the departments at Lipscomb. Brother Swang had a lot of people that came out of there dying to succeed. And that's sometimes you start buying into that. There was a silly magazine I started subscribing to back then called, believe it or not, Success Magazine. Give me a break. We've got more blessings than I can even begin to count. More than I take for granted, actually. And here we are. You get success, and what do you want? More success more, more. It was like an addiction. The more you get, the more you want. Well, how does life perpetuate like that? And um, so I uh, got a job in Atlanta, Nashville and moved to Houston and moved to Atlanta. Worked per- I, I learned this. When I was at the radio station, this guy named Ted Turner has a daughter who liked me, Laura. And he drove Ted, uh, Ted drove Laura to school every morning. And he... Um, she had on, he made him listen to us on the radio, and he started hearing work I was doing on the radio, and he instructed the manager to call me to start doing promos. They were just one exit down from, where well, we were down by the varsity in, in downtown Atlanta, and he was one exit down. Didn't pay very much. I thought, well, you know, it's easy money, why not? And uh, I thought, I know I'm not charging him enough. One day years ago, uh, somebody at Delta Airlines, Delta was starting nonstop service to, 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 to Paris, and they gave me a trip. I thought, well, I'll go. I don't know why I went. I can't speak French. I got there, and I had to finally find a TV station on in the hotel room that had English. I thought, lo and behold, that's me. I was hearing myself in Paris, France, uh, doing something I cut at a local low rate in Atlanta, and that's when I came back and joined after SAG to have some union representation for higher rates, because if you don't, ask for it you don't get it and if you sometimes if you get it you take it for granted and then um what do you do but i grew up hearing this song in vacation bible school all those years i done under a bushel no i'm gonna let it shine you know that you know god God, john god gave you a talent got to use that talent got to use that talent and that drove some workaholistic nature. I, I was at the radio station at 6 a.m. each morning, got home at 7 o'clock every night, and missed a lot of life because I was driven to do more. What worth it was it? What, anybody, anybody get to a point in the life where you think, why do I give so much time to National Life? They sold the company to some guys in Houston, and now look what you got. And, uh, and it was it, a, a National Life became American General, Fortunately in life, I had some patient people with me like David Van Hoosier, who I worked with at Channel 4 for years. He wrote right, we cut it right, got it on the air right, and it worked good. But um, David's one of those behind-the-scenes heroes that just gets it done. And that's what a lot of churches survive for today. They just get it done. Listen, I remember I remember the old days when you were, you were busing out of the seams that little building on Randy White.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I remember some days when Brentwood Baptist was busting busting out of this building. Remember that? And you bought this building from Brentwood Baptist, and you come out of this building, I I live off Murray Lane behind Marshall Blackburn in in development past Brentwood Middle School. But I I come out of VH and come by OC and look over this hill and see Brentwood Baptist, and the job Mike Glenn has done, and Mike's retiring at the end of this year, they're going through a transition. And look at Hillsborough right now. Hillsborough doesn't have a preacher. Hillsborough Church of Christ is looking for a preacher. As these men, fortunately, Josh is, you got Josh another good 15 years, I guess. Uh, maybe 20, maybe 20. But when Walt retires, when Josh retires, when the Ruble Shelleys retire, who's going to fill in the gaps? Where are we going, folks? We have, you know, sometimes I look at my life looking for the blind spots I missed, I didn't do evangelism that well. We run at Bribwood Hills, blah, 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 about 65, 70 baptisms a year. And, and our budget is still right up there. I mean, I, I kind of tease the elders. I say we're all about B and B, bodies and bucks. We got the attendance and the dollars, and as long as you're hitting budget, everything's fine. But most of our conversion comes from in-house accounts. Teenagers that grow up there, baptize there, stay there. We were called to go into all the world and do what? And yet um, it's easy to let a staff of twenty-five do all the work over there. Be not careful. I need to do evangelism more. I I can do more. I need to do more. Jesus, I, I mean I, I know very well what Jesus, what John 1010 said. Jesus came to for us to live a life. How do you, I, I, know, I think I know what it said live a life abundantly oh, Somebody changed my, that was probably something Brumfield did change my place <laughs> um, and the, the, this, the thief comes to kill the thief comes to kill and destroy you understand that? we got it so easy, you're not, you're not threatened coming here, the only, the only problem you got is parking problems, the last time I checked we keep thieves to kill and destroy I've come that you may have life to the full to the full I don't want to take that for granted because I thank the Lord at this point in my life that I wasn't born during the pioneer days. I would have made a good pioneer going across the country in a wagon train, no Cracker Barrel to stop at. And um, I mean, how do you do life like that? And um, we, we were born at a good time and the right time and the right place in time. You know, where's it going to be in five years? I'm all for Ethos Church. Ethos is the largest church of Christ in town, very frankly. But the Ethos started, you know how it started? Some kids at, North, at Harpeth Hills wanted a church that looked like them. And they started a church and it's exploded. And um, I want a church that my kids will want to go to and my grandkids will want to go to. I mean, I can spend all kinds of money at Lipscomb and count on them to fix them and get them right. But um, I got to be a model. I got to be a person of integrity. I was teasing somebody at Lipscomb the other day about, your business is so good, you got a waiting list because Metro may may lack, I don't want to, there may be a teacher here, I got to say it right. Metro, well from BGA to MBA to FRA to Father Ryan, private schools are busting at the seams in Nashville. How come? Well, parents will pay anything to to get a good education for their kids. And uh, profit schools work in this city. What, what can we do about it? I don't know. I don't know. But we got to we got to be there for each other, to encourage each other, and love each other. Um, anyway, so when I was in Atlanta and I got this, I had this radio station. Worked for Ted over here on the side, and uh, he had more mood swings than Donald Trump. Well, once we got. <laughs> Once we got him on lithium, I'll do, this is a true story. I don't think he might be telling this. Once we got him on lithium, he, he toned down a lot. But the, way he, <laughs> but the way he got that job, he inherited a billboard company after his father committed suicide, you know. And the billboard company had gone bankrupt. So he was trying to sit there, plow out of that, trying to build. When he hired me, TBS was not making money. Atlanta Hawks weren't making money. Atlanta Braves weren't making money. No, I went to see a Braves game. And um, and then he put on, well, you know, here, here's here's the way he would think. He said, "I want to buy CBS." And Walter Cronkite thought, "What do you hillbillies in Atlanta think? You can come up here and tell us how to do business?" Well, he wanted to buy CBS. So then he started CNN. I'll show you. I thought, Ted, I don't know, man. We're, you're down here in the basement. You want to put on? You're getting all these kids out of University of Georgia. They get to, they get to live in Atlanta, work for you. That's a good hook, good draw. And um, it, it kind of worked. I think CNN, CNN kind of worked. So, see, I'm not, I'm not the brightest guy in the room. One of my best friends, I missed a few things here and there. One of my best friends in life was a guy named Neil Clark Warren. And Neil was starting this thing called eHarmony.com. And I was, a, I was an early investor in it. I wanted to invest in, believe it as a friend to Neil. I got all the research early on. I said, Neil, this isn't going to work. When guys are dating girls, they lie. You know, they tell them you got more money, they, they're better looking than they are. They tell them they got a bigger card than they got. They tell them everything to get a date. But if you think they're going to search and be honest on eHarmony.com, of dating service online, please. So I went in, stayed with him, sold my interest, and in, over the years, in the, from 2000 to 2010, eHarmony.com had 15 and a half, uh, had, had 20 million members now they've got 15 and a half members million members 15 and a half million members. a dating service online meeting somebody for the first time hooking up with a this this match may may make with this match i mean how many people do you know it's so easy to get divorced we just don't know each other anymore we've grown apart I, can, I don't want to be married anymore and it's so easy it's so It takes a lot of work to stay at it and make it work, doesn't it? And uh, it's so easy for um, somebody to give up. Uh, Look at our movement, the Church of Christ. You don't have to be here. You can leave right now and I'll thank you for coming and give Fletcher a donation before you leave. But um, it takes work. Life is daily, and it takes daily work to make life work. And uh, I can be in such a comfort zone... That I don't catch it until it has caught me. To give an example. I've been a baptized believer for uh, over 50 years, and I've been in church every. Let, let's say 50 years of being a being in church for 50 weeks a year. That means I've had at least 2,500 2, communion services. When the, plate gets, when the plate gets passed, what do you think about in a communion service? You see, after COVID. We didn't want anybody passing a plate, so we had what's called ripping sips in the lobby. Is that, And that's really the term they use, the ripping sips for a little bit of bread and a little bit of grape juice. And we will, we've will we got uh, three minutes to get this all in, and we'll have teenagers collect the cups later in the, in, the, in the pew racks. And Jesus died on the cross. For us to do a three-minute communion service? Come on. Some things we can take for granted and not even know we're taking it for granted because we do it, it becomes so routine. It becomes mechanical if we're not careful. Life can be routine and mechanical. I make a point to tell my wife every morning, first thing, and every night before I go to bed that I love her because there's a be a day I won't be there to tell her. And I want her to know it. I think she believes me. I mean, she can go to Dillard's and, and uh, confirm it when I pay the bill. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm teasing. She's, she's. Uh, I've taught her. To, I'm trying to teach her to go to estate sales. I think that'd be a good plan for her to go to see. <laughs> but you know, we go through life, and how many, how many, we want our kids to be like us. And yet yeah, my kids are very different. They don't look like me. They well, they look like, kind of like, but they'll act like. You know, it's a different culture. And when I look at my teenage ministry at BHCC, Robbie Forrester has the, all those teens. And none of those teens think like I thought when I was growing up. You ever notice that? You ever talk to the teenage ministry around here? Those teens act like you. They have different thoughts, different culture, different desires. And let's hope they, that Otter Creek is as strong now as it is when you guys have picked up and made it so strong. You've kept it strong. And, um, and it takes all of us being strong. We can't rely on Josh Graves to show up every week and make it work. We got to make it work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You see, when when I was baptized years ago, my mother said, uh, "John, you be a good boy." This you know, isn't hard. I go to church three times a week. What do you want? And uh, I'm here. I'm here, Arda. That that should say something. Friend of mine I worked with years ago set me up with a lunch with a guy named Norman Vincent Peale. For years, he was a preacher at Marble Collegiate Church in New York City. Wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Power of Positive Thinking was sold millions of copies. But there was one year that it was number one for 48 weeks in a row. 48 weeks, number one book in the country. Nothing else was selling but Power of Positive Thinking. So we had lunch one day and he was so nice. I liked him, I could tell he liked me. And a few weeks later, I got something in the mail from him. He said, uh, I want you to have this. It was a Bible. I thought, Norman, for goodness sakes, I've got, I got multiple Bibles in the cabinet here. I've been around Bibles all my life. And it was kind of clear what he was saying. You've been around Bibles. You've not always been in the Bible. You know, my, 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 the the degree of my love for Jesus isn't just how many times a week I go to church. I learned, a guy named A.W. Tozer had a great line once. He said, um, God can't use a man until the man's been hurt. Having a little bit of failure here and there. Nobody taught me how to about failure. I had everything going for me. Everything was work. Zippity, every day was zippity doo da. I woke up singing that, I think, in my head. But... What do you do when a failure hits? What do you do when a wife leaves you, when you lose a job, when health when, a, when, when a doctor calls you with a health scare? More than a scare, with a health reality, a new reality. I wish Gail were going to get better. You know, I, I know I'm sorry I shouldn't be speaking to you directly, Laura. I shouldn't be doing this, but your 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 fabulous father and your family has been so your mother's such a wonderful person. How do you, and you're so faithful. You, you've been such a faithful. You know, her, her mother is not what. Maybe it'll get better. I don't know. But how do you, you know, where's God when it hurts? You ever say that, Lauren? Where is God when it hurts? Why, God? We made such an effort. It was 24 degrees when we got it this morning. We got to church in 24-degree weather. You know we love you. We are here in 24-degree weather, and nobody left yet. That should say something. So sometimes we just got to hold on. We just got to hold on very tightly because the world is trying to pull us apart from all this. You know? I got, we got a world right now, last, last figures were that two-thirds of people in the country have thought about, have wanted to quit their job in the past year. When you have people that going to work tomorrow, well, maybe most of us aren't going to work tomorrow, I think we've already had work, but, but um, when you have that many people that are going to work tomorrow, and they're not enthused about going to work, what kind of work are they doing when they get to work? I was at Walmart one day getting a kick I was just sort of standing around waiting for waiting for the line to move and um, I was watching the return counter and this woman came in and I don't mean to stereotype the whole Walmart database but this woman came in and she was worked up 90 miles an hour some zipper on her dress wasn't doing now let's be honest Walmart whoever made the dress Probably bought these zippers in quantity from Korea or China. Probably cost no more than two or three cents a zipper. And she wanted to return that dress, wanted a full refund, and she was mad as all get out. And this is the way it is, and I'm not going to take it. And part of being a somebody at the return counter is to diffuse the temper, to dial it back a notch. When you got somebody that's driven all the way over there, cussing and fussing the whole way, I'll tell them when I get, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, you just wait till I get in that store. I thought, lady, it's just a zipper on a dress. Uh, come on, let it go. But, you know, we can let emotion get a hold of our life, and emotion can lie to us. See, Steve and I grew up in the news business. I deal with facts more than emotion. He had to follow Ray Blanton around for a long time and, and, and try to be forgiving. Steve's big challenge has been forgiving Ray Blanton. <laughs> Which some people and still haven't. The only governor that ever went to jail and said, I still didn't do it. Come on, Ray. Between Ray and Jake, remember those Ray, Jake Butcher and Ray Blanton days? That was all your fault, Steve. You should have put you should have you should have exposed what you knew and this could have gone better for us. But sometimes I'll look in the mirror and think, What do they see that I can't see, that I don't want to see? Early in our marriage, I had an exercise we did once a week. Uh, we don't do it now because we somehow, we, it's, it's weird. We're weird. We, I think the way she thinks, she can almost read my mind. It's like, where'd this come from? This is a weird marriage. But early on, I said, I want you to tell me every, every week. I did it before Saturday so I could be good on Sunday. But I said, um, Tell me where I can do better as a husband. Tell me what you want. What am I missing? And it usually centered around you're spending too much time at work. All you think about is work. I had an affair. My affair was my job. That's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, it is stupid. I can read your mind, you know. And um, you can get so addicted to doing what you want to do that you might miss what you ought to be doing, you know? And it takes a daily discipline of looking in the mirror and saying, what? Do they see that I can't see or I don't want to see or I need to see? I I think so, you know. It's not about just coming to hear Josh on Sunday and going home Sunday afternoon or going to Jason's Deli or McAllister's Deli or Puffy Muffin. It's about waking up tomorrow and making tomorrow as special as today has been for you. Because I know Josh had a good sermon. I stood out there in the lobby and listened to part of it. He did a, he, he's getting the hang of this, you know. He's, I think I think y'all can keep him around. I still don't understand. He has a picture on your website. I don't get this. It says 2029. Is that a joke? Is that when he's retiring or something? Or, it's
1: our 10-year uh, plan. Huh? Ten, okay, oh, your 10-year plan. 100 years. Out of Creek.
0: Yeah. Is that right?
1: 2029.
0: Is that right? <laughs> wow. Boy, and Fletcher wrote me a note the other day and said, you should see a list of some of the preachers we've had. And it goes on, Pleasure. you want a history lesson, get him to teach this class one day, and you'll hear the heritage you've inherited. Besides, not Jesus, you got a gift of being a member here. See, I get free parking at Brentwood Hills, so I, I, you know, I'm kind of locked into there. But
1: uh, <laughs> and, uh, but um,
0: you are, we are blessed to be here. And I don't care if it's Woodmont Hills, Brentwood Hills, Otter Creek, OC, uh, OC or Harpeth Hills, we are so blessed in this city. I was telling David a minute ago, David and I knew each other in the, no, no, I was telling Carrie a minute ago about this. When we were in Atlanta, we went to the largest church of Christ in the city of Atlanta, the largest church of Christ in the state of Georgia. Atlanta's 6.1 million people right now. Atlanta's exploded. Did I say this already? Um, today, Brentwood Hills and Woodmont Hills are not a creek. is larger than our number one church in the state of georgia north atlanta <coughs> how'd that happen how'd that happen folks what i'm saying is what you got going for you today could end tomorrow if we don't keep working it if we don't keep inspiring the next generation to pick up where you left off this ain't permanent it's just here i think the word is a vapor a mist me so see i don't get too full of myself because i can i know i'm not here a big a deal for that long um but, but if I believe everything people said about me, I might start thinking myself seriously. There was a time I have a studio-quality phone lines in, in my home, and I could hook up. There was a time I was doing 39 TV stations a day for sessions. And uh, wanted to go out that, that, that had me for 15 minutes. We'd be together, we'd talk, email me a copy or fax it, and I'd read it, and they'd go. And what Linda was saying, you, you wouldn't, I would expect you to hear this because I'm not the product. I'm the picture frame, but not the picture. But if you heard for years, for 30 years, it said, Let's see if I can find the mood now. <clears throat> I've been talking so, too, too much here. From your news and information leader, this is News Channel 5 at 6. That was, that was the opening every night. And there was a time that every night at 6 o'clock in 39 cities, a read like that or a mood like that or words similar to that were all hitting in all these markets because they all were using me. And uh, I'm not doing as much now. I'm just bored with it but um it was a it was a gift I had a gift I used and it made a living but it owned me for a while it owned me a bit I got a kid there's a man I really came to love in Atlanta named Truett Cathy and uh it's so funny he uh, he called me one day I was supposed to interview him that night I was supposed to get a, get something on tape for them to use at Chick-fil-a headquarters and he said John I want to tell you here's my here's Trudy's phone number I said Who's Trudy? He said, that's my daughter. She lives next door to me. He has three sons, three children, Trudy, Dan, and Bubba. And uh, he said, we have dinner every night with, with Trudy. I said, Either I go there or they, she comes here. Huh. And Trudy one day told me a story. Now keep in mind, Truett Cathy became, a, he became at least a millionaire. He, I think some said he was a billionaire with Chick-fil-A, but he gave so much away. Truett and Ben, his brother, Worked at a little place called the Dwarf House for years. The Dwarf House a little, little old place in Haightville, south of Atlanta, next to the Ford plant. And all, that's how this all started. The Ford customers, Ford assembly plant customers, came over and they were all eating there. So that's how he developed the Chick fil A sandwich and it went big. But they, they found him one day out in the back cutting flowers. I said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, Do you know what a florist charges to deliver uh, flowers on Valentine's Day?
1: <laughs> now
0: Truett could have had a secretary call call in order and deliver have flowers delivered, but he's doing it all himself. He's still the president, but he's he's in charge. And he didn't want to have to pay a florist to deliver flowers on Valentine's Day. So he's out there cutting a bouquet for Jeanette, his wife, to hand him on Valentine to make sure she had flowers. I think Truett, you could you got the money, you could you could do that. And um I said, now, let me let me get this straight, Truett. I'm supposed to call you at if I don't get you at Trudy's, here's your home number, right? He said, John, how'd you get my home number? In the phone book. He said, what? And I said, yes, S. Truett, Kathy, here's your address, here's your phone number. He said, I have no idea. I, I can't believe my number's listed. I said, well, no, called you. I guess there's no problems. But <laughs> you, you forget when you're starting out how things can go. He said, I have a number listed. One day I was leaving WTBS with Ted, And he said, uh, well, John, you'll be glad to know you're working now for the most in-debt man in America. I said, did you say in-debt? Yes. I said, so you're saying this paycheck may or may not clear. I had to do something. He said, "Um, I bought the whole MGM movie library. I said, what on earth for? He said, well, I wanted to get Gone with the Wind. That's what I liked. But I had to buy the whole thing. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, to be honest, you couldn't tell him anything. Um, He bought a... When he moved off Techwood down to the Omni, when he was married to Jane, um, he would be at work all day in the Omni and then had a couch in his office. He just slept on the couch at night. One day I got over there and... He had, somebody at CNN, they were up all night, you know, over there. They said, you can't believe what we saw at 4 in the morning. Ted Turner walked in the vending machine room in a robe, buying some, buying some snacks. What on earth for? He'd been sleeping there all night. And just got up in the middle of the night to go buy something in the vending machine. Didn't go home. I'll never forget, one day, Kelly, my secretary at the radio station, said, John, there's a lady on the phone. I, she says her name's Jane Fonda. I, I think she's, maybe it's somebody pulling your leg. Uh, But I think she's crying. I said, what? Let me see. It probably is Jane. So I picked up the phone, and she was crying her eyes out. She had just converted recently. And she said, John, why are Christians so mean? And I said, let me guess. Hanoi, Jane. Yeah. We can say we forgive, but it's hard to forgive. I told this story to, to a Marine friend of mine. He said, John... You want to hear some good cuss words? Uh, You should have heard what we said about Hanoi Jane back when she was doing that Hanoi Jane routine of hers. She grew up in California, didn't know any better. She changed her life. She changed. God forgave her. But we couldn't, apparently. Somebody said, Hanoi Jane. She didn't like that past. She didn't like that name. And somebody brought it up, and she was crying her eyes out. So the illustration there is sometimes... You're hearing a voice. You see with eye contact what you need to see at times, you know. It takes it takes more than an email conversation and Facebook likes to have a relationship in life these days. But we can get so spread thin we can have tons of friends but not know nobody. And, uh, and not even think about it. Um... So um, I like Troy. Truett. Truett, one thing Truett Cathy did, he taught a class of 8th grade boys at Jonesboro Baptist where he was a member for years. He taught 8th grade boys for over 60 years, imagine one teacher coming back with the same notes for 60 years, I said, why do you, why do, you do that? He said that's a transition time in those boys' lives. I can sell chicken sandwiches all day, but I want to make an impact in their lives. He said this to me. He said, I I do that because I love those boys. I want them to do well. I want them to be ready for life, to be ready to deal with the culture of life, to be able to pray about picking the right mate for life. Those eighth-grade boys, that's a transition time in their life. I want to be the influence in their life because some of those guys don't have this. Some of those kids don't have this kind of talk at their home. Boy, boy. Yeah, we all got so busy we forgot to say the right thing at the dinner table. What dinner table? When my kids got a driver's license, I had to go looking for them. It, when, you know, Where's Brandon? Where's Lindsay? They, well, they're at so-and-so's house tonight. They get gone. They get a license, they get gone. Remember those days? You ever have days like that? Couldn't find them to save your life? And one night I got a call from the Marietta police. My son had been arrested. He'd been pulled over for speeding, and they did an alcohol test. He'd been drinking. I thought, I don't drink. There's no liquor in my... What's my son doing? Drinking. We've talked about this. So then... Talk about a teachable moment, then what do you do? I wanted to go down there and scream. I thought I'd make it on there and be, and be in jail for murder. I thought about killing him that <laughs> night. I thought, well, that's not a good idea either. I mean, there's only so far. Bart Durham can only help you so much, you know? <laughs> and um, so I went down there. I didn't have a, I didn't have a lawyer on retainer like, like, like Trump does. But uh, I, I went down there, bailed him out all the way home. I wanted to fuss at him, but that's not the time he'd be listening. He was embarrassed. He was humiliated. I thought, where do we go? What happens tomorrow? What happens next weekend? Has he blown my trust? But he still has my love. And that's what I have to remember for this lesson. God loves me and you more than anybody on this earth ever will. God has loved you more now than there's nothing you can do right now, Linda, to make God love you more. I know that. But if we don't repeat that, we may forget that. Because this is a tough world. If Lee Camp were talking, he could probably tell you stories that would blow your mind about the way students were when he was a student and the way students are coming in now at Lipscomb, what they are like, what they think, what they are how do you teach them? How do you get them to listen? Lee, they're on they're on their phone your whole class. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we heard it, Dr. Camp. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. What what? Yeah. I couldn't be a teacher today. I'm having a hard enough time being a student today. But I can't stop being a student because I got more to learn. I know just enough to know I got more to learn. I know just enough to know I don't know everything. But it's taken me a lifetime to learn that because at 40 I thought I could, I could tell you the way it is and the way it's going to be. And um, Fortunately I had a psychology major and I, I knew enough to know the insecurities of people in broadcasting, David. Uh, we, 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 we've been around that. And uh, you don't beat them. You, 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 you boost them up. You don't beat them down. And you uh, don't do an air check meeting going over their tape or their work by telling them everything they did wrong. You tell them, here are your strengths, and let's build on this and do it better. I know Lardner, I still talk to Lonnie Lardner a lot, and she would spend more time. I said, Lonnie, you were... I'm looking at the clock. You were here after midnight last night. What are you doing? I'm working on my writing for Ketnering. and Kettner wants to see me improve my writing. I said, well, you're wearing yourself out. Is it any better? Well, he said, no. Well, it probably isn't any better. But, you know, we, we have certain things we really work at, but we can overthink it and blow it out and just um, get it out. And uh, you need a Lee Camp to give you a grade every semester to see how you're improving in, in life, you know? I can be too close to it to see my faults, my shortcomings, my blind spots. Anybody else? I mean, did Perry Cotham was a, is was a great teacher over there for a long time. Did you ever? How, what, what did you do when you when you had a student that was about on the verge of failing? Just fail him? What did I do when I, did what did I do uh, yeah, what? Well, uh, yes,
1: yes. I, 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 Laura,
0: I told you I was to talk talking you. to. You. But Laura, I told you to oh, tell wow. me to slow down if I'm talking too fast. <laughs>
1: Well, you you try to communicate with, you try to have a a private conference with that student and uh, encourage. And and as you said a moment ago, build on their strengths and just say, okay, here's what you're doing right, let's build on that and make them aware of what they can improve on.
0: I'm going to ask the master teacher. But, Fletcher, (laughs) when you had a student, physics is not easy. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, to him it is, but. uh, What's the problem, John? It's just physics. Yes. When when you had somebody on the verge of failing, What did you do with them? When they just weren't getting it and you knew you can say it ten times the same way or different way and they still wouldn't get it, what did you do?
1: Well, I tried to work it so that I could figure out some way to give them a pass grade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you your money is well-spent.
1: We'll
0: at get them in and get them out. That's what we need the to to matter I I had to I had to, I had to
1: bring her line on records to get her
0: to give me a passing <laughs> it was just a, she still remembers trying to oh you owe me <laughs> what are y'all thinking anybody thinking or is anybody at least nobody's left anybody got a thought have I said anything that made you think about your life in the 40s David van Hoosier
1: I, I, I knew want, I knew you'd be thinking you know, I just want to compliment John Young publicly so oh. uh, I was at Channel 4 W S M B, and working in marketing and promotions, and I was working a public service conference that we would do, and John would do the voiceover for those, and we'd talk on the phone about it, and I just remember this was a life lesson that you taught me, but I was going to do a public service message about alcoholism, um, and I wanted to start it off in a roundabout way, huh. saying welcome to the wonderful world of an alcoholic, and I show all the terrible things. Huh. And John talking to me on the phone said, David, what you wanna probably what you wanna do is say, let's say it, welcome to the wonderful world of alcoholism. Let's not make it about the person, but make it about the disease. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to compliment you well, about that for decades now and I probably get the well, chance
0: to probably the last time I ever helped you because you, you were thinking better well, than that's,
1: me. That's something John taught me that when you're addressing something like that, you you, you don't want to condemn the person no. as much as you want to attack the disease or the addiction that we're struggling with.
0: You're sweet to remember Sir, that. You. You're, well you're sweet to remember that because I know in my life, and I've seen this in other people's life, once you lose hope, hope. It's tough. Yeah. You gotta have hope. And when things go wrong, when things go belly up, when you think things are falling apart, you gotta keep hope. And sometimes it's you telling yourself the hope story because somebody else may have already given up. People give up all around us. Think about the jobs you had and the people around you. Who in your workplace, when you were working, um, did something memorable? Steve Brumfield ought to have a good answer for that. Well, I was just thinking about your comment about hope. Mm -hmm. And and what I was
1: which, therefore, I'll say something about that rather than what you just ask people, but about sometimes uh, I have found in my life that uh, realizing that I was hope- hopeless
0: was the beginning of having hope. Here's a good line for you. If you want to put a cliche in your brain, here's your here's your phrase. A setback is a setup for a comeback. That's really pretty good, actually. A setback <laughs> is a setup for a comeback. But you got to believe you can do it. You got to believe you're going to get there. You can't sit there with a um, um, academic. Uh, what, what was that word they would do? They give me a of probation. I was on uh, academic probation, and uh, i I'd go going to call the campus I and I'd say, I can't study. Jonesy keeps writing me parking tickets, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I'm coming to you to fix them. And, and uh, Carl told me a few days ago, he said, you know when you come office and I, I had a file on everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you said you had a file on me. He said, there was nothing in those files. <laughs> <laughs> your money is well spent. Le- <laughs> so he said, but it got your attention, didn't it? yeah, I thought, he's watching. I've got to be careful. Between Jonesy and McKelvey, i got to make sure I get out of this place. And then there's Puljus walking down the hall. He looks mad about something. And uh, do you remember the Puljus days? Uh, he always seemed... And he and Puldius, at Brother Puldius, a oh, fine man, he was just trying to raise money. I realized he was just trying to raise money to keep it going. It was going month to month to month over there at the time. Then the thing burned down for a while. And now today it's guys like Lee Camp that are keeping it going. And... Um, I'm sure Lee is probably, he's writing something down. He probably has turned in my name to the Alumni Association. <laughs> <laughs> a call for a donation. I mean, there's, there's always a need for more. And, um,
1: the Ted Turner estate. <laughs> I got a
0: friend, I got a neighbor friend named Demetria Caledimo. She's a Greek Orthodox by, 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 by birth. But I last donation I made to... to, to uh, Lipscomb, Lipscomb Corporation was in her honor because I was glad. There was a time when I was there that all the teachers were from our movement, you know. And uh, to have a Greek Orthodox person li- working in the communication department tells me that they, uh, they are seeing that other people have a gift and maybe we can be a gift to her as she teaches there. And because um, she has a lot to say and she's gotten more than I ever knew. You know, it's funny, I, I get, one, one of my weaknesses is jealousy, and I am watching the time. Linda, it's 10 till. I'm sure you're going to probably shut the lights off to give me a hint here in a minute. <laughs> we'll uh, I, get, I get jealous at times. Back when I, you and I were at Lipscomb, I think we ran about 1,000 students. Does that sound right, 1,000, 1,100? And today, Lipscomb was 4,018. A lot to celebrate. One of mine, I love Bob Fisher. Bob Fisher did a great job at Belmont. He did a fabulous job at Belmont and we can't catch him. But I mean, we think about playing basketball every year and maybe let's see we beat Belmont. There's a lot more to it than that. We're 4,018, Belmont's 8,000, 8, double, 8,012 at Belmont. Go figure. Abilene is 4,500. Pepperdine is 7,600. That little school over in Searcy is 7,145. That Searcy school just won't stop growing. Walt Lever had a fit last week. You said, we were talking about something. He said, my granddaughter just went to Circe this week to look at a school for to go to. How uh, can Walt, who's been on the Lipscomb payroll for decades, it was eating him alive that his daughter, his granddaughter may go to Circe. But uh, they do a good job there. And we have, a lot of, we have a lot in our past that can help us in our present to get into the future. These are all great schools. Belmont is, so is Pepperdine, and um we have a lot man if i've been born in the pioneer days or lived in Wyoming or montana i wouldn't be at a church today they got a church every church of christ every 35 miles here i can you know if you don't like josh you can come here walt you know we'll uh, we'll we'll find a place for you and um, we can't take anything for granted from our marriages to our kids to our relationship with god And the best gift of all, of all the gifts in the world, is the gift God gave us and the gift we keep getting that He loves you and me more than He'll ever love us and loves us more right now more than anybody loves us. Laura may tell Lee she loves Him, but Lee, I know you know this. I know the way you live. God loves you. I, I don't fully understand how much God loves me. That's how endless His love is. But I can't let... That, or going to church three times a week, or being in a marriage seven days a week, become mechanical, predictable, routine, and clumsy. I think I'm wearing out my welcome. Has anybody got a question? Because time's running out, and they're going to start towing cars in a minute. I think they parked the next church. Anybody got a thought or anybody? Okay. Lee's going to pass around some paper. We're going to have a pop quiz to see (laughs) if anybody remembered anything that I said. And if I get a bunch of blank pages coming back, I'm going to give up and go home and cry. (laughs) Any thoughts? Thanks, John. Thank you. John, thank
1: you so much.